Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi, which we were able to actually record despite the massive blackout that has hit the Los Angeles area <laughs> and just recently ended. Our fearless producer, Thim, sat in the dark for 27 hours. <laughs> At least you say, pay a really low level of tax to experience that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, is it like... So it went off yesterday morning and I did have to have that moment. It's like, did I pay my electric bill? (laughs) I I hate that you have to have that thought. Like it's, (laughs) how is that not just an automatic thing that happens? It is, it is, but I had, uh, but you know, that, that, that thought occurred at least at first, but what was the worst? So it was the entire half of my apartment complex, but directly across the street, they still had power the whole time. Oh, amazing. So it wasn't like, so that's like a, this is like a development, like. Oh, so this wasn't a city thing. No, it's a property management issue. No, no, it was from the city because it was also the the traffic lights and the neighborhood north of us. But it's like where it ended was literally my block. Yeah, the Grove, I think, lost some power, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure they have generators because all the traffic lights around them were off, but they were on. Oh, interesting. How many generators do you think you need to have to run a mall? To power the grove, it's going to be a fair amount. And I have a question: like, is the fountain pump still on, or do they like? <laughs> I think it was still on. You know yeah, what? Dude, we probably this... would have gotten power back sooner if that guy won his race for mayor. Because the guy who owns the grove ran for mayor and lost. Maybe it was a little. You, you got to think it's Hollywood, right? They they want everything to look like it's fine. It's a movie set. The grove is not even real. It's just there <laughs> to look perfect at all times. And yeah, of course, the fountain was running. I Even like that the Grove was made to look like downtown Disney and downtown Disney was made to look like old town in Prague. So it's like Prague's grandchild. I, I did not know that. I'm uh, it's, so it's funny. Hey, Disney. <laughs> Hi, we are recording this to our, for our listeners. Um, you all we know, once we... again did not tell the serious guy who's supposed to sit oh, in on these because he was all set for tomorrow. Man, I love how, I love how, you know, I was kind of, for not making that phone call and now you two are just massive because you don't even keep them in the loop sorry but okay we uh, we switched this very last minute again very last minute oh, this is my because fault. of who like me uh, nobody's pointing fingers uh we are same. both of us are pointing fingers yeah, at yeah. you just aggressively that directly guy. at you yeah. <laughs> listeners they're both pointing at me through their screens <laughs> well you know what Anyways. I don't have to go to Disneyland at five o'clock in the morning. So, neither maybe. do I. I have to go at four thirty. 
<laughs> Even better. <laughs> so, um, so we're recording this on a Monday. I'm flying down to Florida tomorrow evening, so Tuesday evening. Wednesday morning, I have an opportunity um, to film some stuff with Chevrolet and GM at Disney World, which on paper sounds pretty awesome. You know, they've got that test track ride at Epcot. That's yeah, sponsored so by Chevrolet. What's the actual ride? I don't. I I know you said that, but I I don't. Yeah, know. I, don't know what the I mean, ride it's is. essentially like just a roller coaster that goes like eighty miles an hour in like okay. a Corvette style. It's pretty fun, right? They yeah, have one of cool. them out here too. Um. But what I was not made aware of until I had already committed and signed up for it was they're like, oh, yeah, well, we're doing all this before the park opens, which admittedly makes sense. Um, so we got to meet at 430 to, like, you know, talk about it and go through security and start filming. So I was like, wow, that is it, that, at that's least the earliest I've woken up in quite some time. I at least it's not race. Up. At least it's not race week and you need to be well rested for the upcoming event. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, at least I'll be done by nine. Yeah, you go back to bed at that point. <laughs> yeah, copy. Um, so, yes, the, the Disney comment that... Uh, so is Disney World, like, also a grandchild? How does that work? Yeah, well, do they have a downtown Disney there? They sure do. Then, yeah. So there's and two it's all grandchildren. Mental, identical and it's all twins. Well, they would be the children. They would be the, the second generation because the, the Grove was the grandchild because it's based on downtown right. Disney. Right, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Why was Downtown Disney based on Prague? He really liked it. I, which right. makes sense because Prague yeah, is pretty awesome. It, yeah. Prague's beautiful. Yeah. No, Tim, this is not an invitation for you to start speaking Czech. Nobody cares. Next time. No. Um. All right. So it is race week. Sure is, man. All week. The whole time. It's race week all week. Although it's funny, the number of people that and I don't mean to like on this it, i get it but like the number of people that posted something today that was like oh my god it's race week and like i'm like ah now it's i don't know it, it was too many too many people posted like the exact same things about it being race week and being all excited we're all excited i get it you're no. you're just uh you're just a curmudgeon you just I'm hate just people's excitement james no i'm also very <laughs> I, excited i am only posting it because it's the first one and we have been off the the you know the radar for the past i don't know Six no, no, it's, months. Dude, so I'm like, not call, I like I'm not to, I like you to, out. No, I know. I know. I get it. It is annoying. And I will never do it again. But like <laughs> when you're quiet for six months, you got to do something to let people know it's time to wake up. We're going racing 100%. again. Yeah. 100%. So. It's, but uh, everybody knows. The fans were, they're very aware. I do like that. The fans, yes. More people there, should know. Though. We need to get more people that yes. don't just like follow us all on social Correct. media to know. Yes. Um, but that's a work in progress. Mm. We're We're working on that. So hence this podcast, hence this podcast, Is that uh, why so we don't, do for, this? don't forget to tune in Sunday on NBC. Um, NBC. we can't do that. We're going to get canceled. <laughs> and I don't mean like the 2023 ver, like the, like the real meaning of like the show yeah, like will the get canceled. One. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So St. Pete, just like the best. I just such an awesome. I mean, your weekend. passion for it is weird. But I, it's, it's no. good. It's good. It's not the best. It's fine. It's okay. I would say, so, okay, look, so we, we take Indy it off is, the table. It is the not, Outback not, Steakhouse of Steaks. It's fine. It's fine. No, that's insane. That's insane. It's, 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 it's the Hyde Park of Steaks. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Dude, look, I would say as an, as an event, again, we're taking. We're what, taking so, so sorry, you're calling St. Pete overrated? 
Oh, shots fired. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, Somebody's not getting the popcorn uh, uh, lobster anymore. I haven't gotten the last time, two times I've been. So right. I was going to say, we, the, Alex speaks on his own opinion. He does not speak on behalf of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Uh, Tim and I would both very much still like the uh, lobster when we come in. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, so take, hey, take Indy off the table because it's not apples to apples. As it like an event all around. I'm talking about everything. I would say St. Pete is probably second to Long Beach. I've never liked St. Pete. But they, like, I'm taking everything into account. The track in Nashville is oh. so I'm, so I'm taking everything. Like from, what again, about Toronto? Oh, track God. Track event. And, and, everything and the, is the, except the city. Yeah, like the event is not as, it's not as big as St. Pete. It's not as big as Long Beach. I'm close. Um, I personally love it, obviously, but it's just different. And so St. Pete, and it's the first one. So everybody's excited to get back. It always has this cool vibe about it. The city really gets behind it. Cool atmosphere. The track's a lot of fun. The race is way too long and it's way too physical and it just sucks and it's hot. But other than that, it's like, yeah, Mark. So, so like, I, yeah, I guess, um, where we disagree is I don't think the track's that nice. I think the track's very annoying and unenjoyable okay. to drive. I, okay. That's, that's fair. You can, you're entitled yeah. to your opinion. You're entitled to, I mean, I could agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. So, uh, overall, and then look, there's no doubt that it definitely gets like a little bump because it's the first one. Right. And everyone's just in general excited to be back racing. Um, if this was the seventh race on the calendar, maybe I wouldn't be quite as passionate about it, but I still really do like it. Okay. It, well, it's neat. You know it's what? Neat. I'm, 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 I love it because it's just, it's the first race. We could be having the first race at Barber and I'd still be excited. So, yeah, you know, it's all real. <laughs> You hate Barber. Yeah, exactly. So the um, first race could be in Iowa. Whew. Yeah, I don't think you'd be happy. That. I mean, I think I'd still be excited, but whew, that's a, that's a tougher <laughs> pill to swallow. Um, so last week or yesterday, um, before we get into too much St. Pete stuff, because you know we've all talked about yes, it's been limited testing. Yes, we're all looking forward to see what happens. Ultimately, it's all the same. And we won't really have much to talk about until we actually see what happens in St. Pete. Um, but I think we have to give a huge shout out to uh, Kyle Bush. You know, yeah. like we, we kind of mentioned it on past on the past couple of weeks, um, you know, talking through Daytona and the clash and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, how his performance out of the box was pretty impressive, switching organizations and manufacturers and all that sort of thing. Like he just won in Fontana. Like sure did. He didn't, you know, dominate the whole race, but you know, he was still there. He still executed when he had to, and he won the race. And I think that that's like he now passed someone of quite significance. Richard Petty was it in terms of the most consecutive seasons with a race win? Oh, yeah, it's like twenty or something, right? Nineteen, which is like that's pretty. That's, it's that's, pretty impressive. That's a lot. That's a, a lot. lot of seasons. Yeah, <clears throat> it's very impressive. Um, yeah, I think he's. I think this is only his third team, though, which is also pretty impressive because I think mm -hmm. he debuted with. I don't know if he had like someone before Hendrick, but I know his first like proper deal was with Hendrick, and then was obviously with Gibbs forever. Won a couple of championships, um, and now at RCR. And man, yeah, credit to him. And also, like, let's talk about Fontana disappearing in its current guys. You never got to race there, did you? You didn't did. do that race. No. But I mean, and, I've obviously watched the 2015 IndyCar race yeah. in Fontana. So it's it was such a unique track. So for those who don't know, Fontana's being converted from a two mile super speedway to a short track. I don't know what length, but I'm not sure if it is bulldozing the whole thing and whatever. But man, that that track, the layout that it is as of today, and will never be raced on again, it was just wild. It was like five usable lanes. 
it was the only place in an indie car where you could ride the wall on an oval and it'd be fast. Uh, the kind of racing was just absolutely manic. The dust out there was awful, just sandblasted <laughs> everything. Like you had to throw your helmet out at the end of the race. You had to throw your front wing out at the end of the race. It was just so destroyed. Uh, but man, it was it was there was something fun about it. There was just something so unique about it. It was terrifying and, and exhilarating and all those things all at once. And yeah, that 2015 race was uh, man. I was on the edge of my sh- edge of my seat watching that one because I was still out. I was at home watching. Is that when Briscoe lawn darted? Yeah, yeah, in my car. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to win that thing, man. Either him or Marco were going to win that race because they had uh, they had done tires and that caution right at the end. And that there, was kinda. when Ray Hall caused the yeah. yellow. But Ray Hall caused the yellow and should have got a penalty, but didn't and ended up and then, winning. Yeah. So it's kind of like yeah. it was a really weird deal. Yeah, it was like he had the Buckeye from the fuel. Yeah, he left with his car, fuel hose right? still attached. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he like, yeah. ripped it off of his fuel. Dang. I was I was at that race. I was so mad about it because <laughs> I yeah, obviously, you know, I thought Marco was going to get a Marco win. had a well, it was down to Briscoe yeah. and Marco. I'm pretty sure, but either way, I digress. Yeah, it's Briscoe, uh, sad, sad story uh, that it's changing, but change must happen because, like, dude, I, I don't know if you watched any of it. There was nobody there. The stands were empty. Yeah, but do you really think that, like, oh, making it a short oval is the solution? I I do not. No. Oh, um, yeah. I'm but just curious. Yeah. No, here's, here's a big struggle with, with ovals, man, is when you try to put them right outside, you can't have an an oval in a city, right? Street circuits work because you bring the race to the people. The closest thing to an oval in the city is Indianapolis, because frankly, the town was basically built around the speedway. There are residential homes literally across a two lane street uh, from the track. That's unheard of in terms of like these massive oval facilities, right? So if you look at the ovals that are successful from like an attendance standpoint uh, versus the locations, right? The ones that are kind of in the middle of nowhere, no offense, Iowa, but like it's not super close to like a big metropolitan place. It's a half hour from Des Moines, right? Um, there's less going on. You're more likely to attract the 30, 40, 50,000 people to a spot like that. You look at tracks like Chicagoland, Vegas, Texas, um, Texas uh, Fontana, you are you are 45 30 to 45 30 minutes to an hour outside of like a major massive city that has tons of cool stuff happening at all times to get people to commit to doing that trek you've got to be like a really big draw and it's just hard to do and it's just it, it, when there was less stuff going on we could get away with it at a bunch of tracks now it's just less the case so um all those ovals that are just on the fringe of like a major city I think are, you know, it's tough. It's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. So I'm not sure how the short track program is going to work out there, but I'm not a track manager. Not my worry. Not my concern. Don't really care. Um, what's cool it, about it, that though. It's always shocking though, just how few people went to Fontana. Like, but it's also like, it's like, so yeah, it's an hour without traffic. It's three hours with traffic. I've done it. Uh, getting to and from that place. You sit out in the baking sun there's dust everywhere. Yeah. It's 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 not the most appealing, but, but the race was awesome. I don't know. What is super cool about that track, though, is like along the back straight, there's this big old steel factory, and that's where they filmed Terminator 2. There's your little film trivia for the day, Tim. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. That feels so like that, something I should have known. It's, yeah. I'm very surprised. It's a, it's a 
conflagration of your worlds. I didn't say that word right. Um, so yeah, good job. It, it was snowing. Sorry, Fontana, the day before the race, the Xfinity mm. race got postponed to Sunday because it was snowing in California. Meanwhile, in Indiana, it was like sixty-eight degrees. Yeah, I don't Very understand. Strange. Yeah. Very weird. But here we um, are. Something here else are. happened this past weekend slash week. Um, tell me. We should tell talk me about, about it. Um, Tim jumped in front of a bird scooter and broke a rib. <laughs> <laughs> I did not jump in front of a scooter. Mm, I walked like out of a grocery store <laughs> got hit by a bird scooter. Why didn't you look? Were you looking fine. at your phone? I, the guy hit and he apologized and like I got why he wasn't on the road like they're supposed to be because it was Wilshire like I probably would have been on the sidewalk too but he's like are you alright I was like yeah I'm pretty sure I'm fine and then did you the, fall uh, down yeah oh yeah uh, did it, you it lose hard. or break any of your groceries no oh that's handy that's good yeah so clearly you're uh, not buying did eggs. he also fall yes hmm that must have been a sight yeah, so, that wouldn't have yeah felt I good. got hit. I got hit by a bird scooter, and then I noticed that it it was um, it hurt to breathe. Mm. Uh, yeah, like an hour or two after. Mm-hmm. So I went to urgent care, and they're like, "Yeah, you you chipped your rib." I was like, "Do I need to get an X-ray or anything to confirm?" They're like, "I mean, we can, but we don't really do anything for broken ribs." So, so like, wait, I can feel that it's broken. So they could feel that it was chipped, like chipped yeah. off, or like you just have a little. Just have now. a little chip for like a little bone fragment came off the rib. He was like, and we don't just really feel that. Yeah. He's like, we don't yeah. really do anything to fix it. So here's some pain pills and just wait six weeks. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've James, you've done it. I've done it <laughs> three times. It's terrible. It sucks. <laughs> it was it's just, it was just astounding that like we've come pretty far in medicine, but for broken ribs, we're still just like, yeah. Well, I mean, check this out. Like, it's this will blow your mind. I mean, maybe it won't, but it surprised me. So, a friend of mine um, broke his femur, big bone, yeah, big bone. you know, biggest the, one, lar- I think. the largest one. Yeah. And um, I went to visit him in his house, and he was just like on crutches. And I was like, "What? You had surgery eight days ago?" And he was like, "Well, yeah. Like, I don't need a cast because like it doesn't move. It's just a essentially a." A steel rod like you can't bend your thigh yeah so like there's they they obviously do a surgery to fix your femur where they don't on your ribs but like there's no cast that goes on it like right but like did he but he had like hardware in there holding it together no that i guess that makes sense yeah, yeah it's not gonna but like yeah. no cast yeah 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 because like we're yeah yeah and i was like oh that makes sense but also you would expect your femur like i was expecting him to basically be in a like body cast yeah yeah, you know? yeah like a full leg it's, yeah just my only concern with that is like if somebody not knowing what it was like accidentally bumped into you that would probably hurt a lot still well the wild part was <laughs> he uh he got it fixed the first time went through pt <clears throat> the initial like stages of it and he was like yeah this ain't straight so went to the doctor and and like said no oh, this is wrong and the doctor was like no it's not it's fine and then they he was like no it. no x-ray 20 degrees off. Like, they had to re-break it. It wasn't even close. They had to re-break it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That's like, oh, my God. The, I, the, cool, the cool thing, maybe, not really, nothing. is nope. the first time that he had the surgery, um, he was on, he has another, he has another kind of health thing going on. So he was on another um, 
essentially they couldn't knock him out. So they had to give him a spinal tap. So he was awake during oh, the drilling and the hammering. Miserable. And everything the first time. So he was like, wow, I went through all of that for it to be put on wrong. <laughs> but, but, so for take, so I, I assume they couldn't put him under for take two either. They could. Oh, they could. Thankfully. Okay, good. Yeah, because he right, was because... in, a, in a phase of a... a right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because if he had... Because like, as if that was... Imagine they couldn't. Imagine, you know, so that wasn't bad so enough. So he knew you, going in what he had to deal with. Not only that, but now they also have to re-break it. Like the oh, first time he went in, it was already broken. Then they right. just had... He had to be awake through the fixing of it. Now he would have had to be awake with the cutting open, the breaking of the biggest bone in the body, and then the surgery and the drilling and the mm. sawing. And, and the hammering and, and the... Yeah. <laughs> Hard pass, man. Hard pass. Yeah, not not great. Anyway, well, yeah, in retrospect, is, I'm, I'm not gonna. I don't want to break anything else. Yeah, copy. Yeah, I don't recommend. Or at least it. I want to break something that they can just like fix. I mean, still no. It's yeah. yeah it's still better not to. Mm. I think <laughs> bones are meant uh, to be uh, unbroken. Yeah, mm. just it's primarily, it's primarily the uh, the use for them. Ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Alex, did you get up to anything this weekend? That's a great question. I don't think so. I... Oh, actually, yes. Our I forgot. Our good friend, Keaton... Um, flew in from PA and did engagement photos for Kelly. Oh, nice. So that was cool. He's a very talented photographer. He is a a strong to quite strong. You guys are looking for somebody. You what? If anybody's looking for somebody, he has a new website too. Oh, yes. Sorry. Correct. I thought you offered to build our wedding website, Tim, which actually, that sounds great, man. Thank you. (sighs) Very certain you don't want me to do that. I am also (laughs) very certain that you don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, should we should we do you know what Keaton's website is, Tim, now that you've brought it up? Uh, I, I should know that. Assume it's Keaton Yo Photos. Keaton Yo Y O O. 
It is KeatonYOO.com. So there you go, guys. Check it out. He's in the East Coast area. However, he um, does travel and he's he will travel for great, food. He's just a great time to be around. He's a great so human like, being. He is yeah. awesome. An amazingly talented musician. Yeah. He is yeah. also a great decorator. I don't know if you saw the play. He just read his face yeah. in his house. It's sick. Like his, yeah. his place looks awesome. And he's actually also a very good slots player. Who would have thought? Yeah, that's right. A lot of success on the slot machines. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, I know the answer, but I just, I feel like I'd, I'd have to ask it just because we're, we claim to be a racing podcast. Do you pay any attention to Formula One testing? Uh, no. Didn't think so. Do you care? I mean, at all? because you have to like talk about it at various points this year. I assume you did. Um, yeah, I, yeah, you I, have I any did. Thoughts other than it's just going to be Red Bull and yeah, I mean it's Ferrari slash Mercedes at some point. No, no, I don't think so. I think it's going to be a even Worse broader spanking of the field than it was last year. You know, it does look like they did a good job though. Is Aston Martin, which is funny because like they were seventh, I think, in the Constructors Championship last year. Doesn't Haas and, look pretty good? I didn't. I only read a headline. I didn't actually pay any attention. But they were. Yeah, I think they were pretty. decent. Like the the midfield is tough to tell, right? Like McLaren looks subjectively terrible. Mm-hmm. They're in for a rough start. Mm-hmm. Um, Alpine looked worse than I was expecting them to be based on how good their car was last year. Yeah. But they openly said they did like a lot of like ninety five percent new car, which can go either way i guess yep. but you never know in testing you don't know what fuel they're running in what engine modes and all that garbage but they were a little bit further back than i was expecting but man like it looks like a genuine big jump up for Aston martin which they were always claiming they were going to do and i mean alonzo left alpine which was by far the fourth best car for the Aston martin which was like the seventh or eighth best car he obviously believed in what they were doing and it looks to have paid off um yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, we'll know, we'll think, know in a couple do days. You think, do you think Mercedes is better than Ferrari this year, or do you think it's still Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes? Like, do you, I think do they gain anything? Yes, I think, they'll, I think they're going to be a little bit better. Um, I think they'll be fighting more consistently at the front uh, than they did, like, you know, because they ended last year strong, and like, I think that's going in the right there, direction. There, there's but some it's smart funny, individuals you know, over there. So smart individuals and some pretty pretty talented peddlers. So I think they're going to be okay. Um, but it was interesting because both in, in both camps, the Ferrari and the uh, Mercedes camps, they said there are things that that the car's doing better, and you know compared to last year. But like that, there's no such thing as a free run- lunch, right? So it came at a sacrifice to something else. So where the Ferrari was really good in the corners last year, but a little bit down in the straights. Guess what? They've taken some downforce and drag off, and now it's better in a straight line, but it's not quite as good in the corners. Like, yeah, man, that's how that works. Yeah, I don't know how that works. It, yeah. I don't know what you want the engineers to do about that exactly. But it was funny re- listening to Claire talk about that. And the Mercedes is a little bit easier to drive. There's no porpoising, but they still have some mid-corner balance issues. But like you say, those guys are super smart. So I think they'll be more of a factor. But Red Bull just showed up and like first lap, like it just everything looked too easy, you know? You know, and it just looks just looks too easy. And that's yeah, no, like. I mean, but this is, I mean, again, why are we surprised? Like it was no, a, I'm not peri- a period of, right. A period of dominance forever by Ferrari taken over by a period of dominance for seemingly ever by 
Red Bull, taken over by Mercedes, and now we're going to cycle back to Red Bull for three to seven years. Yeah, certainly the next three is going to be tough. Speaking of F1 stuff, can we talk about the latest uh, in the Andretti saga for F1? Sure, it's bull. Yeah, I saw yesterday there was a report that the teams want to add the the fee oh, yeah. for a new team. The to, they fee. want to triple it to $600 million. Yeah, I mean, we've already talked about this on this podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, there's there's two sides to it. There's an argument for both. However, there is a much bigger argument for, I think, you know, what James brought up last time is that, yes, the sport certainly has gone up in value. That's fair. But you also all agreed to this was kind of the set number if a team wanted to buy their way in. So, like, life sucks. And like, let's put let's let's put it this way, right? Let's say you are uh, pick a sport, hockey player, right? And you get signed on a rookie contract, and they're rookie numbers because it's your first deal, and you never know what's going to happen. This isn't even like an unfathomable thing. Like, this is things NFL quarterbacks deal with all the time, right? Right. Yeah. So you go and you play, and you're the top scorer in the league, and you You take your team to state. Yeah, right. But guess what? You're getting paid what your contract was was written for. And your next one's going to be bananas. Good for you. I hope you enjoy your hundreds of millions of But like of you dollars. don't get to move out. You don't get a no. two-year advance because no. you did a good job. Like that's tough. Weirdly, Max Verstappen did just get that with his contract, but that's a pretty unique scenario. Anyway, but yes, it's, it's just insane. It's insane that this conversation is even happening. Um, and again, I just think there's, I think the teams have way too much control in formula one because everything's got to be approved by the whole group and they're I mean, never going to, I, I, I will know. say like, yeah, we, we've covered all this and, and yeah. we have our, our opinions on it. I will say though, that certainly the, the Ford news with Red Bull did put a, I mean, in my opinion, I don't know, but I would imagine it put a pretty legitimate, damper on the Andretti Cadillac momentum just because like that's a uh, obviously a very Another large Detroit US big company. three yeah um and you know the way their press release was kind of worded was like they are building the hybrid so like that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal yeah. partnership that exists so anyways we'll see obviously we all know the importance of having a real american team in the series um, obviously we've gone on and on about the growth of F1 in the States and all of the reasons why it should happen. Unfortunately, it's going to be up to the country club that exists <laughs> in order to determine whether or not that's the case. So, and then another thing that actually came out of that world news wise, um, Red Bull now run by, the board because Dietrich Mateschitz passed away and doesn't just get to make calls anymore um, are saying that the investment in Alpha Tauri is not viable and they either need to move the, the team to the UK. It's based in Italy right now or sell it. And if it goes up for sale, that's going to be a really interesting yeah. kind of, you know, chapter in this whole thing. Seeing that could be, it, that could be an in for Michael. Yeah. But it's, I that's think a that different, price tag is going to be very it's large. It's going to be very, yeah. And that's just a very different kind of way of doing it at this point. But just the fact that it's even potentially that at this stage of where yeah, the sport's at. But I'll, I'll be honest with that you, That man. conversation Alpha, is happening. AlphaTauri has been for sale for as long as I've been involved in F1. And actually really? have been involved in conversations looking to you know broker that deal. And it still hasn't gone anywhere. 
That, yeah, this mean, is not value, news. Their value just went up though. If the new buy-in fee for a new team is now six hundred million, you know, right? I think. But again, I think that's also part of the barrier to ever selling it. Is it's just it's just going to be so expensive to buy it. That um, and and because of the the rate of progression the F one's still seeing, it's the whole reason ultimately the the Sauber and Dreddy deal fell through a year and a half ago. Yeah, is you don't know what the, the owner was like. Be. Well, wait a second. Actually, this sport is on a exponential trajectory to space and beyond. Um, so why would I sell it? So yeah, I mean, obviously everything goes in cycles. It swings and roundabouts. It just will. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because obviously, and I think we should end on this, but obviously it would be cool to see an Indianapolis based F1 team. Like that's crazy to say, like, I don't know how they're going to pull it off. Not my problem, but like that would be cool as an American and an American fan of the sport. Yeah. To see that. Amen. Um, and IndyCar also had some cool stuff come out uh, the past week or so. Some updates to the car some safety improvements. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, Alex. Um, no, no, do tell. Well, no. So, so first and foremost, they've um, they've changed the profile of the headrest, right? Yeah, but that doesn't start until May. But carry on. I mean, okay, it's coming though, which is a a big safety improvement. Mm-hmm. But yes, it'd be nice if it was starting sooner. Well, I mean, realistically, it's kind of more of an issue on the ovals anyway. So it's I guess if it's coming for May, it's oh wait, Texas, damn it. <laughs> Never mind. You get that point. But uh, but still, advancements being made. The one that I'm curious about, though, is these these veins for the water deflection against the aero screen. Um, well, yours truly spent six hours. So if it doesn't work, it's your fault. Laura. No, James. Um, <laughs> what I will say is, like, there is only so much that you can do. <laughs> as a human being slash engineering group to get water away from a massive piece of glass without a windshield wiper. <laughs> right. Like, so yes, it is as, as our good friend, Ray Goslin always used to say, it is directionally correct, but by no means is it resolved. Right. Cause, cause what, what, where this stems from was after the, uh, the Indy GP. Yeah, the first one. The first one, yeah, um, which ended in, ended in the rain. Uh, some drivers just complained about the visibility, not in the traditional sense that you have in an open wheel car where the you know spray gets thrown up and it's that. It was water, not necessarily accumulation, but kind of on the windscreen itself, kind of getting stuck in between tear offs or or mixing with oil that came off one of the cars, maybe off the track surface, whatever, and and creating issues not normal to, to driving in the wet. So, so the, what they've done is they, they, uh, they put Alex's head into a cockpit of a car in a wind tunnel and threw water at it with a few different solutions. And they've created this thing. It's the same for everyone. They have to bolt it on the cars. And is it going to be just, is it just going to be on the cars or is it only going to be put on the cars if there's like a threat of weather or if it's actually raining? So there's two, there's actually two changes. So there's the addition of some kind of, uh, veins right turning veins if you will um but also like actually one of the biggest improvements was removing that middle stability wicker that's in the middle of the aero screen really um and that's only needed on oval so i don't know I, there's a potential that that's actually removed just in general just on in general. courses i don't know that that's for, for sure but 
So yes, it's the addition of two things and the removal of one that I would imagine they would do if they deemed it a weather race, meaning you had to start on on wet tires. Right. Uh, right. Did anybody consider just using some rain axe? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that didn't work. No. no. All right. But thank you for your engineering <laughs> contribution to the sport. Uh, and then there's a new rain axe is impressive. You know, it works really well most of the time. A new attenuator on the back of the car um, that has a couple different functions that will just be an improvement in general. Bigger rain lights on the attenuator. So that way, hopefully through the spray, you'll see the rain light a little better. So anyway, just a, a bunch of little things, but all, you know, again, directionally correct, as Ray would say. Yeah, to, directionally uh, correct in safety and, and directionally incorrect in terms of car weight. But, you know, you win some, <laughs> you lose some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No such thing as a free lunch, man. We just had this conversation. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're obviously going to talk a lot about St. Pete next week. Um, but Alex, as objectively as possible, can you, or will you give any sort of thoughts or predictions on the first race of the 2023 NTT IndyCar season? I, I mean, I, it's going to be the same dude. Like I think Penske will be strong. (laughs) Um, I think Andretti will be strong. I think Ganassi historically has been hit and miss there. So maybe strong, maybe not. I think historically McLaren's been hit or miss there. So maybe strong, maybe not. And that's kind of your conversation. Um, I think Ray Hall, at least from Christian's standpoint, looks in testing, like he's very strong. I know they've made some pretty big changes in the off season. Um, they hired one of the main uh, damper engineers from Andretti. So I think Ray Hall is going to be kind of the the most, in, in theory, I would expect them to be the most improved, um, especially right. from, from Christian's standpoint. So I think that's kind of going to be the big change, if you will. Um, but everything else will be, I would imagine, as you would expect. What do you think? Yeah, well, yeah, I think for sure. I think that's that's ultimately, uh, you know, the, the thing is you you look at the kind of the top two teams, <clears throat> excuse me, that's already six drivers, right? So you're already talking about six, six different drivers that are realistically going for the win. And that is not at all taking a shot at Marcus Armstrong. I wasn't counting him in that. It's his first IndyCar race. Hey, man, Robbie Wickens walked into his first IndyCar race and damn near won the thing. So call it seven. And that's just looking at the top two teams. Then you start taking McLaren's in, the Andretti's in, or whatever. That's what I love about this series, right? Like I literally just an hour ago did an interview with, with the paper down in Tampa. And like, what are, you, like, what are your predictions? I'm like, what sport have you been watching, man? This is not Formula One. Yeah. You know, I can give you the top three in Formula One by the end. Like I can, I can pretty confidently say who I think the top three in the championship are going to be in F1 today. They haven't turned a single race lap. Uh, you just cannot do that in IndyCar. It cannot be done. We had six cars go into the last race last year, mathematically uh, able to win the championship. Well, NASCAR, and, and, the, and the thing that's still unbelievable, right, is the guy that won five races for, didn't, didn't win, win the championship against the guy right. that won one. Right. right. And that's what's so cool. It was like this you know, tale of, of, of two, uh, two approaches to the championship, or I mean, not approaches, but... Um, and then, but you look at like NASCAR, NASCAR changed their system in a way that makes sure four drivers are in the fight at the last race, because it usually wasn't that many. It was usually down to just two, sometimes only one, like they already wrapped it up. IndyCar without any tricks or gimmicks had six. It's incredible. 
So I'm I'm excited to see how the season plays out. I mean, for sure, you know, Penske was just an absolute force last year. Um, I think historically, though, it's been a little cyclical with them in that sense. Like you've seen years of utter domination, and then it's like the next year they're a half step off where they were. It's not even that they're a half step behind anybody, but you don't see necessarily that same level like back to back to back years. I will I would disagree with that. Like and I that's think there fair. was a period there was a period of time where Will Power was on the pull five years in a row. Sorry, yes, yes. You're going back to like no, 2009, no. 10, 11. Nope. 20, yep. 20 like 15 to 2020. Uh, okay. I'm but like from a championship standpoint. Sorry, I'm sorry. I was I thought you were on the St. Pete topic. No, 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 no. Sorry. I was talking Bronson. Oh, yeah, no, no. Will will yeah. be on pole. I assume yeah, Will's yeah, gonna yeah. be on pole. Yeah. Yeah, there are three he, certainties he, in life: death, taxes, he, and willpower on pole. Yeah, at, at same, same piece. Yeah. yeah, it's he has. I think. I think maybe last year when McLaughlin got it, this stat no longer holds true. I, I forget the exact math, but certainly up until last year, and maybe still, willpower has more poles at St. Pete than every other driver ever combined. <laughs> like he has yeah. more than half of the pole positions ever at that race. Yeah, yeah, like no, it's no. insane. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, which is yeah. which is why again we we talked about this last year. Why McLaughlin's poll last year was so impressive because you beat Will Power to pull at St. Pete in the same car, and that was like that's that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's what's interesting is you look back over the last ten years, and only two teams have won championships. And so it really does. I, I'm I'm stealing this from somebody on Twitter. I forget. I read it somewhere, but it's like we need to stop talking about the big three because really, guys, it's only two. And yeah. you know what? That's true. When his when you look over the last decade, only two teams have won championships. There's like the big two, and then there's the okay four. You know, you've got Andretti, you've got McLaren, you've got Ray Hall, you've got. I mean, Coins won a bunch of races in that time period. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it really is just those two. And so it's going to be, it, it would be really awesome to see another team genuinely get in win this year. All right. I'd love it. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it too. <laughs> the look uh, on Alex's face when you said that is, oh. Well, and, and you know what though, Alex, you, you have something going against you. You, you have some bad juju. We never got our tough dolphin tattoos. Yeah, but so, we are going to be alone, unsupervised in Austin here yeah, I was in a say, very short we're period of time. To, we're both going to Texas here in a bit, <laughs> so I think we got to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, we are. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, twenty-four hours. And for those that don't know and haven't seen on the internet, this is very cool. So South by Southwest, a obviously massive convention of music, art, industry, tech, everything, film, film, all the things, authors, everything. Um. IndyCar is doing an hour-long kind of keynote uh, presentation. A panel, yeah. Panel with um, the Patrick Diamond, who's the producer on Vice for 100 Days to Indy, myself, um, I believe Mark Miles, and Pato Award. Pato, so yeah. really, really cool to bring that and introduce IndyCar in front of an audience that most certainly probably hasn't heard of it. And I think that that's a huge um, step in, in the correct direction of, of what IndyCar is trying to do to appeal Directional to a broader correct. audence. Yeah. Directionally correct. So I know this is about to open me up to all your smart ass comments, but I'm going to say it anyway. To to put into perspective how cool that is, you know, for all the hype and all the talk about F1 in America, there is also a panel about Formula One at South by Southwest, and it's the first time that South by Southwest has had a panel like that. 
So, you know, IndyCar and F1 are both going to be represented there at the same time. Who's representing for F1? The first time. I will be on the panel. Interesting. Um, yeah, among others. Wow. Um, wow. Hey, dude, wow. IndyCar didn't ask me to be on the panel. So <laughs> screw you guys. Uh, wow. And F1 did. So, yeah. Um, I think we should stay late, Tim, and heckle. Yeah, I'm in. I would, I would love that. I mean, I'll come early and heckle. Uh, actually, but wait, I don't yeah. want to heckle. I support your panel. Hey, support yeah, me. No, no. You can't heckle yeah. us. We can only I mean, heckle you. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I, and I, I, a producer I've been working with on a couple other projects, he was also like, hey, man, if you're coming to South by Southwest, I'm doing this huge thing for a movie I've got there. I was like, funny, you should mention it. I'm now going to come. So I'm not going <laughs> for anything. I'm just going just to hang now. out. <laughs> Why you go most places, Tim? That's true. That's true. You don't have stuff to do really anywhere. Yeah, that's fair. Including at <laughs> home. <laughs> I was very unaffected by the power outage. Yeah, yeah wait. <laughs> very unaffected by COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. Yeah. <laughs> you were already just spending all your time indoors. Wait, so how did you how did you pass the time 27 Grand hours lot. without power? I had some thank you notes to write, so I uh, I wrote some thank you notes, and then I read a lot. Would you read Were your thank you notes to your insurance company? No, that, that's supposed <laughs> to get into today. Uh, I read King Lear and Macbeth. Why? I like Both? Shakespeare. I like to reread every now and then. Yeah, they're plays. They don't take that long to read. No, I know, but still. I know, like, right. Just the, the, the brain numbingness of that. Ow. See, okay. If you had a bad English teacher in high school, then you don't like Shakespeare. If you had a Dude, good English teacher in high school, you like Shakespeare. I had English one of the yeah. creepiest English teachers yeah. of all time in high school. It was it was shocking. This person was a lot around children, but actually, Alex, I think the last time I stayed at your house, I was drunk out. Um, it was raining. I was out on the patio after you went to bed, and I watched Macbeth, the Denzel Washington one, at full volume. Your neighbors had to hate me. Ah, <laughs> cool. Macbeth's Second the time one for everything about witches, right? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. The right. witches that give the prophecy, right? Right. No power yeah. corrupt. No thanks. Um, well, guys, <laughs> so foul and fair a day I had not seen. This was, um, well, I'm glad we got in, you know, the Shakespeare quotes because that'll help uh, meet James's quote of, you know, having an intelligent podcast, you know. <laughs> and uh, We still have knowledge. no structure. Yeah, so we haven't done anything that that we talked about. Including, we also forgot including invite to, the person that's supposed yes, to be listening correct. and moderating it. Yeah, correct. I emailed yeah. him. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you next week, maybe. Probably. I, should we just like add him into the group chat? Because I feel like that's where all this stuff happens, and then we don't. No, because I think there's no, still stuff, stuff in that group chat that will get us fired. Yeah. <laughs> Canceled in the 2023 version. Yeah, we need a separate group chat. That's got every. It'll be just called yeah. Off Track Schedule, and it's just yeah. that. Correct. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right, man. Well, hey, best of luck in St. Pete. Uh, I am incredibly excited to get there. I know the fans are incredibly excited to get the season going. Tim, you're not coming, are you? I am not. Uh, why don't you love us? Um, Sunday, March 5th, noon Eastern, NTT IndyCar Series kicks off 2023 on NBC. Please tune in. Cheer for our boy Alexander Rossi in his McLaren or debut don't. in the number seven. Just, or don't. Or cheer for you. Yeah, just, cheer for your favorite yeah. person 
or just come watch. Just leave your TV on and then leave as long as the rating clicks. Honestly, we'll, yeah. We'll Tell everyone, <laughs> just set all the TVs in your house to NBC. Perfect. Whether you're there leave or it, not. Leave them there. All right. Sounds great. Good luck, bud. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpattonpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean fit. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.